Welcome to the first in a series of Toolbox Talks being hosted by the Construction Services Group of SafeWork New South Wales. Today's Toolbox Talk will be hosted by Ryan Tinker, Manager of our Metro North team. Ryan will be discussing how to manage the risks associated with silica exposure on and around the construction sites. He'll be joined by Abe Lauer from our Hygiene and Toxicology team. Welcome everyone. Thanks for uploading the inaugural SafeWork Construction Services podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Tinker. I'm an inspector with the, the Construction Services Group. We're kicking off the series today with a special guest inspector, Mr Abe Lauer, from our hygiene and toxicology team. Abe's going to provide some advice regarding how to manage the risk of silica exposure around the construction site. You may also recognise Abe from the silica video alert on our website, uh, and if you haven't checked it out already, there's some very handy and practical guidance available. So welcome, Abe. Uh, glad you could join me today. So tell me, what is crystalline silica and where are we most likely to find on a construction site? Hi, Ryan. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to, um, to speak on your first podcast. It's very exciting that the construction team are putting out um, some more communications like this, which is important for the industry. So I um, appreciate that and um, I'm sure it'll do well. Um, just about this, your question about silica, you've probably heard about uh, silica dust in the media over the past couple of years. It's had a lot of attention in the press and social media and on TV as well. Uh, but in brief, lots of workers in the manufactured stone benchtop fabrication industry around the country have been di diagnosed with silicosis as a result of breathing crystalline silica dust into their lungs. Last year, a young man from Queensland aged 36 died as a result of silicosis from workplace silica dust exposure. There are many others who are suffering the effects of silicosis as well, and let's not forget the impact this has on the families of the sick workers. So it's important for workers and employers to understand the risks of respirable crystalline silica. And it's also important that we understand a little bit how the silica dust affects us so we can understand how to control it. So just to explain a bit about the, about the background, crystalline silica is what most sand is made from. So it occurs naturally, and it can be found anywhere where you can find rock and sand. So why don't we have silicosis just from going to the beach? Well, it's because the sand particles are too large to breathe into the lungs. So if we break down that, um, the term, it's not just silica, the term is actually respirable crystalline silica. When we break down those three terms. Um, crystalline refers to the molecular structure of the silica. And that's important because ordinary glass, for instance, is also made of silica but it's a different molecular structure that doesn't pose the same hazards as fine rock dust. On to the second term, which is respirable. Respirable refers to the size of the silica particle, the really, really fine dust. It's just too small to see with your eye, which can, can be breathed in into the deepest part of your lungs, causing serious damage. And um, so where would we find silica on a construction site? Many materials on a construction site contain silica, so as we mentioned, silica is sand. Anything that contains sand contains silica as well. For example, we've got um, your average brick, concrete, of course, that contains a lot of sand, including light aerated weight uh, concrete, such as um, hebel brick. Natural stone contains silica, most of it, in varying degrees, such as granite, marble uh, to a lesser degree, and sandstone. Artificial stone most definitely 
um, as a general rule, contains a lot of silica, such as those used in kitchen and bathroom bench tops. Fibre cement can, contains silica, and some tiles do as well. And these are all generally safe until you generate dust from them by doing mechanical work to it, such as drilling, cutting, grinding, tunnelling, jackhammering, or polishing. And let's not forget about the end of the building's life cycle. Demolition dust is also known to contain silica dust as well. What makes silica such a dangerous substance? Well, Ryan, uh, a few things make silica dust dangerous. One is, one, the main one, I guess, is the consequences of not controlling exposure is potentially deadly. That's a pretty important thing to note. Um, Another thing is silica is in many common construction materials, so the likelihood of some exposure is high. Um, the fine silica dust we mentioned before, the fine dust is the stuff that really gets deep into your lungs and creates the damage. The fine stuff you can't see. It's too small to see with the naked eye and can hang in the air for a long time. It's a really fine particle. So the dust cloud that you actually see on the construction site is mainly the larger, heavier dust particles that settle faster. But the fact that you saw some is generally a sign that there might be some fine particles in the air anyway. Another point that makes uh, silica dust dangerous, it's a long latency disease and that it can creep up on you slowly without you realising it. What type of construction tasks would most likely expose a worker to silica dust? Ryan? Any task that changes the shape of a silica-containing material and generates fine dust will likely expose a worker to silica dust. So, as mentioned before, this includes cutting, drilling, grinding, polishing, sanding, or any other process that generates dust. So, trades like bricklayers, concrete cutters and repairers, and stonemasons are at the highest risk of exposure. Abe, is there a way for a worker to tell that there's silica dust present? Um, Ryan, well, the traditional workplace safety type um, guides apply. So some products um, that a worker is tasked to work with might have a safety data sheet associated with it that you can refer to. For example, some tiles may have a high silica content, but others might have 0%, which might be like a porcelain product or something. So it's important you get the information from the suppliers to find out the risk that you're exposing your workers to and make the appropriate um, controls. Um, and although we mentioned the small silica dust is too small to see with the naked eye, a, visual, a visible dust cloud is a clear indicator that a smaller dust particle is likely present as well. Uh, what health effects would a worker suffer if they were exposed to respiratory crystalline silica dust for a long period of time? The obvious answer here, Ryan, is silicosis, which is a scarring of the lung that can result in a severe shortage of breath and is not reversible, unfortunately. Severe cases can be terminal or require a lung transplant. And just a reminder that a lung transplant is not a um, solution, it's just an extension of life for another short period, but it's not a solution to being sick. So the best thing to do is to avoid the illness, at all if at all possible. Um, besides silicosis, though, there's other less obvious uh, other related diseases like lung cancer, kidney disease, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is uh, COPD for short. What can workers and employers do to protect themselves from silica exposure on the work site? 
That's a good question, Ryan. I think um, the best way to understand how to control it is to understand how the hazardous chemical enters our body, and silica is no different. Um, silica enters our body via the lungs, and that's where it does its damage. So to protect yourself and others from breathing in silica dust, there's two simple steps. Step one is to eliminate or minimise the amount of silica dust generated. And to do that, um, to stop it from getting into the air, you can do things like using water to suppress dust or use dust capture devices at the source. And these two things, I'll give some examples. So um, water-fed brick-cutting saws, for example, use water to capture the dust and take it away before it gets up into the air. And things like uh, dust capture cowls, which you can um, buy readily, which is like a, a cowl that goes over an angle grinder, for instance, that you can hook up to an H&M class vacuum cleaner to suck the dust away as it's been generated. Another way to control dust is don't sweep dry dust or use compressed air to blow down as it creates the dust cloud itself and, and puts the um, fine air particles into suspension. So um, use wet sweep, wet wipe or vacuum. Uh, brings me to point two. If you can't eliminate the dust generated, wear a respirator as well. This is when PPE forms part of the solution. The PCBU, which is the company, has a duty to provide PPE that is of suitable size and fit for the worker, and also provide training on how to wear, maintain and store this PPE. And these are important because um, if you don't do the holistic view, then the PPE is only going to be uh, limited value to you. I encourage workers to take this training on board because it's a, it's a vital set of skills that you'll need and you can take with you for the rest of your working life and to protect your life and your health. The main thing is to focus on eliminating or minimising exposure to silica dust. If everything reasonably practical has been done to achieve this, but workers are still exposed to RCS on a regular basis, then employers should arrange health checks for their workers. Uh, Abe, I know the tools and attachments um, that we've mentioned can be expensive. Are there any rebates or incentives for workers and businesses uh, who are looking to purchase these items down the track? A good question, Ryan. It's not very often that the government is at a position where we can give um, some money back to the uh, to businesses. So Safe Work New South Wales has a thing called a small business rebate, which makes $500 available to all eligible businesses and sole traders in New South Wales who buy and install equipment that makes the workplace safer. safer. Um, details are on our website if you want to explore more about that. Abe, can you tell me more about the new reforms regarding silica that came into effect uh, as of the 1st of July this year? Good question, Ryan. This is pretty topical. Um, new laws just came in 1st of July, as you mentioned, so it's important that people understand what these are. The silicosis reduction strategy was introduced 1st of July, as we mentioned, um, and they include a few different things. So one of the things is halving the silica workplace exposure standard, or known as the WES, to 0.05 milligrams per cubic metre over an eight-hour work shift. That's about half of what it was before. Uh, another point is all medical practitioners are to notify New South Wales Health of uh, silica diagnoses, and there is a new on-the-spot fine for uncontrolled dry cutting of manufactured stone. Just keep in mind that it's for manufactured stone at the moment, and um, so it may not have a huge relevance in all the construction area, but um, there will be some relevance. And um, last one is the penalties for businesses who fail to notify Safe Work of 
um, adverse health monitoring reports. Uh, so where can workers and businesses uh, get more information regarding managing the risk of silica exposure in the workplace? Our Safe Work website, Ryan, is actually a great source of information. Um, it has a great source of information about crystalline silica, including guidance material about how best to control risks. One last thing, Abe. What would your take-home message be for workers involved in jobs and tasks uh, where they may be exposed to silica dust? Uh, Ryan, we've, through our work in the past couple of years, we've had opportunities to look and speak to a few workers. And um, it's a situation where most people, all people, don't want to be in uh, in terms of having adverse health uh, effects from breathing in silica. So be conscious of the risks of silica dust and don't be complacent about it. It's easy to be complacent. Um, eliminate or reduce your exposure to dust by wet cutting and grinding and using suitable dust capture equipment. RPE, respiratory protective equipment, for example masks, is something most people will use many times in their lives for different reasons. So if you have to use it for your work and your uh, PCBU, your, your employer, provides training to you, it's worth investing the time now to learn how to choose the correct PPE, to choose the correct mask for the job, um, properly fit it, properly wear it and look after the PPE as this knowledge will help protect your health, not just in the workplace, but also in recent news. In the past six months, we've heard about bushfires and pandemics and all sorts of things. So um, the knowledge about masks is important for, for just ongoing life. And, um, yeah, take it on board and, and use it for the rest of your life. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. A very special thanks to my colleague, Abe Lau, for sharing his insights regarding silica today. Uh, for more information, please jump on our website, www.safework.nsw.gov.au. Uh, type in silica to the search engine, uh, and you'll be provided with a whole range of free guidance material uh, to assist yourself and your businesses down the track. Thanks. Thank you again for taking the time to listen today. If you have any questions on this topic or any other SafeWork topics, please visit our website at www.safework.nsw.gov.au or phone us on 13 10 50. Also, pass this audio file on to any of your colleagues within the construction industry and take a minute to please fill out the survey that came with this audio file so we can design future recordings around topics that you need for your toolbox talks. Thank you.